Welcome to a special edition of the Alpha Universe podcast. I'm Christopher Robinson, editor of alphauniverse.com, and today I'm speaking with sports photographer and Sony artisan of imagery, Patrick Murphy Racy, who has been using the new, just-announced Sony A6500. Patrick, thanks for joining us on the podcast. It's my pleasure. I'm happy to be here. So you've been using this new camera for how long now? About three weeks. Don't hate me. <laughs> and what have you been shooting? Uh, sports. They uh, Sony tasked me with basically covering as many different kinds of sporting events as I could in a, in a limited period of time. And so I spent a lot of time shooting games, matches, and uh, fights, whatever I could get my hands on. When the A6300 came out, you were a big fan of that camera. The A6300 was a really revolutionary camera. The A6000, you can't almost forget it because it was really the first legitimate sports camera that Sony ever made. The A6300 brought that one to a whole other level. And then now the A65 is just, wow. So the A6500 is coming out very quickly on the heels of the A6300. What are some of the differences that you've seen for your photography? Uh, just overall responsiveness is much better. It's much improved. The buffer is huge because you, with a6300, you could shoot a whole bunch of pictures in a row if you wanted to, but you couldn't look at them right away. It'd take a long time to be able to preview and things like that. The a6500 allows you to preview the pictures, even if you shot 60 or 70 consecutive frames. It's, it's pretty remarkable. One of the new features in the a6500 is the in-body stabilization. Have you been using that? Yes, uh, and I think it would be a misnomer. Like, I do shoot a ton of video, and I definitely will use it. I think that that camera, the A6500 with a 10 to 18 zoom on a Ronin-M brings a whole new level to, you know, reality TV and being able to walk around and be steady. Um, I fully expect some of the larger drones to be able to deal with this as well, you know. So, but it would be a mistake to think it's only for video, that IBIS. Um Using IBIS uh, in a camera that tiny and small is killer for photojournalism. And a lot of what I do involves not just shooting the games on the field, but going in the locker room where it's real quiet after a loss or where you don't want to cause any attention to yourself during like halftime, uh, you know, adjustments. You want to be a fly on the wall and make no noise. So I think the IBIS combined with the silent shutter just makes for a really powerful punch in this little tiny package, just a little bit bigger than a pack of cigarettes. It's unbelievable. Coming back to what you were saying about what you've been shooting, a lot of sporting events. Have you been shooting some football? Yes. I shot a high school game, a college game, and a pro game. And pretty much anybody can go to a pro football game and get great images. But I wanted to go where there's very little light and poor light. And so I started with uh, high school first. And... Um, there's definitely an improvement in the JPEG images from A65 versus A6300. This new processor, it's not just about the buffer. It also allows the camera to process better JPEG images. I'm not really sure how that works, but it def definitely is evident to me. So autofocus performance in the new camera uh, should be about the same as in the A6300 yes. because yes. they're the same system. Right, same 4D system. But what's happening behind that autofocus system is significantly different. And have you experienced an improvement in performance? Yeah, just overall, you you go from um, you know you go from a very responsive camera, the A6300, to the A65, but it's definitely a more high performance engine 
behind that's driving and you kind of sort of feel that as you're as you're going through your workflow on the field you know it's it's a lot about you know you're shooting and then you got to see what you got and it's it's uh it's funny because i used to chimp to find out if i was sharp now i chimp to find out what i'm going to push out on social media through the wi-fi and through my iphone so that's a little different but it's kind of cool We've talked before about how you use Wi-Fi and how you're oh, always pushing out photos to yes. social media. Yeah, it's phenomenal, especially Instagram. You know, you can literally shoot a great, huge play, a big play in the game, and then with this new buffer, quickly find the image, the single image that was like really the peak moment of, you know, the turning of the game. And then you just hit two buttons on the back of the camera, pull out your phone, and you're off and running on Instagram. I still giggle when I do that because I'm standing next to people on my right and my left with these massive DLRs hauling all this heavy gear around. They can't do anything until they get into the media room at halftime. And I'm already out on the internet within a minute or two of the play. And you, you know, you've been a professional photographer for a long time. You know, your Instagram feed isn't just full of pictures of of what you had for breakfast today and and a little (laughs) snapshot shot with your smartphone. I mean, you've got a lot of high quality images and that's because you're shooting them with with a camera like this, right? Right. Instagram, it's a fascinating company. The guys were brilliant that did it. And their intention was that no professional uh, photography would be allowed. It would be all phone pictures. But Sony has completely ruined that plan. And <laughs> uh, and people often say, they'll, they'll see me like, you know, just socially, and they'll say, man, what kind of phone do you have? <laughs> <laughs> sure. And I'm like, it's not about my phone. It's about my camera. Getting back to some of the new features on the A6500 for a second, it has, um, for the first time ever, a touchscreen system. Have you been using that? Yeah, and I think it's got great use in sports. Um, for First of all, uh, there have been some big upset games recently where the bench is clear and there's, they're carrying around a guy in the field, and you've got to get in the middle of that melee and, and make meaningful images. And usually what you're doing is you're putting a, a, a super wide lens on and you're praying and spraying. You're hoping that you're, you're sharp and... You have no idea what you're getting because you can't see through the camera. But with the Sonys, you can just flip the, the LCD on the back down. You can look straight up at it. And now, for the first time, I'm going to be able to use my thumb and focus on the quarterback that they're carrying around and know that I'm sharp and keep making those images. So that combined with the ability to really do cut down the uh, amount of time it takes to set a remote and set focus for a remote camera position at a track meet or a basketball game, an equestrian event. It's a huge advantage to be able to just put that focus exactly where you want with your fingertips and then move on to the next remote or whatever you're doing. It just frees up a lot of time and it takes a lot of the pain away of, of doing remote photography. You know, I've only seen the A6500 today for the first time. And to my eye, it looks very similar to the A6300 with some subtle changes to the body. Ergonomically, um, what, what's new? Uh, the first most obvious thing is that first impression when you hold it for the first time. The grip is much enlarged. I have particularly large hands. Um, and the A6300 is really small in my hands. And when you put an A6300 on a 302.8, you know, it can be a little odd looking. I mean, it's kind of odd. Um, in fact, it's funny. I was at the pro football game two weeks ago in Nashville and, uh, a guy came up and asked me what kind of phone that was on the back of my lens, which I'd never in my life heard. I've heard what channel are you from, <laughs> right. but not what kind of phone is that. And I had to explain it was a camera. And, you know, that was funny. But um, 
that first impression, especially for a sports photographer, is so important. And when you hold the A6500 for the first time, it's so obvious that it's bigger. But it's not that much heavier. It's just a different feel. Also, the paint, they changed the paint. It's got a, a heavier texture on it. It has definitely a less of a kind of a more uh, non-slip surface. It's a more porous thing. It feels better in your hands for sure. They also moved, they used to have the C1 button right next to the shutter release on the A6300. Now they've moved that to the top of the camera right behind the grip and they've added C2 right next to it, which makes so much sense because now you can do that, you know, you can put on there whatever you want. You can custom design those buttons to do what you want depending on the situation you're in. And on a sports camera, the shutter release needs to be by itself, mm -hmm. you know, for obvious reasons. And speaking of the C1 and C2, there have been changes to the menu system as well. Yes, because Sony actually listens to photographers. Um, you will find color-coded with even numbers where you can kind of go through. They rearranged many of the, um, the functionality where most of the photography ones are together and then the video ones are all together and the audio ones are together. So they're really making efforts to listen and hear what we are complaining about. Because photographers, we're complainers, man. You know, we're sure. always whining about something. Um, but it's really cool to see such responsiveness in A99 II and the A6500 menus. It's like, it's like boom, overnight practically. So I'm very happy to see them kind of adjusting those things. You've been shooting Sony for about the past three, four years. Is that correct? Right. What made you switch? Video. Um, using a DSLR and capturing meaningful audio is next to impossible. You have to jump through all kinds of hoops. Virtually no one I know captures in the camera their audio signal. So that was a pain. But what really brought me in was the facial recognition autofocus that didn't exist in Canon or Nikon, you know, four years ago. And there was a project that I had that I, had, I was asked to bid on. I didn't think I was going to be able to do it. And I literally Googled facial recognition autofocus and I put in DSLR and Sony popped up. And I guess I was aware they made point and shoots, but I didn't know they made real cameras. I had no idea. And so that was the beginning of my sort of door opening to shooting video. And then later on, I got a, a job from a client where I needed to shoot both stills and video. And it was going to be away. It was in Washington, D.C. And I didn't really want to drag two systems all the way across the country. It didn't make sense. And so I started shooting some stills on that assignment, and I immediately noticed how easy it was, how little toning I had to do, and how easy it was to tone. It seemed like the files had more headroom, the sliders went further in Lightroom. There was a lot of things that were very attractive to me. Um, and I began sort of finding excuses to shoot stills with them in addition to the video. And pretty soon I realized that all my Canon and Nikon gear was just parked in a cabinet in my garage. I hadn't been using it for months. So uh, at that point, I started selling stuff off like so many of us have. Well, Patrick, thanks very much for joining us today on the Alpha Universe podcast. Look forward to speaking to you again. My pleasure. It's always happy to help. Thanks. Thanks for tuning in to the Alpha Universe podcast. You can find the show notes for this episode at alphauniverse.com. Subscribe to the Alpha Universe podcast at iTunes or in the podcast app on your smartphone or tablet.